Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week we have another all-British show. We're talking to Tim Don. The Olympian and former Ironman world record holder is maybe best known these days as the man in the halo. After he broke his neck when he was hit by a car in Kona, he had to spend months in a halo device that was screwed into his skull and held his neck in place. He came back from that to run the Boston Marathon and race Kona again. Now, we talk about all the things he's involved in, serving as a team captain for Super League, a backup guy for the Paralympics, and don't count him out yet, he's training in the UK rain right now and getting ready for next year's races. He's also a dad, and his kids interrupt us a few times because they want to play. Tim will talk to us about all of that, but first, a quick chat with Sid about Ironman California and what it's like broadcasting Ironman races through the night after this short break. Muckoff's new race lube is ludicrous. Ludicrously fast. The brand new Ludicrous AF is the world's fastest race lube, providing smooth and silent ultra-low friction shifting while also holding to variable weather and temperature conditions to be consistently reliable. Muckoff's research and development team have spent three years developing a formula that penetrates the chain scars, eliminating friction and power loss. It's already been used by the winners of the Giro d'Italia and 12 Olympic medals this year. Yet, it's also made from renewable sources and biodegradable. Head to muckoff.com to order your bottle of liquid lightning now. All right, we're back with Sid, fresh off her overnight Ironman Facebook watch live Mallorca commentating. <laughs> Tell us behind the scenes, what is commenting an Ironman race like? Um, well, it was really good fun. I think I'm just, it, it's a bit like jet lag, I guess, because like <laughs> I think I went for 32 hours without any sleep. I did, um, I did try to nap on like Friday afternoon, but I'm hopeless at napping. And yeah, I just couldn't kind of switch off from doing stuff before the race so we we got in about 10 o'clock boulder time and started at 11 30 the broadcast PM. i think p.m p.m yes and then i think we walked out or finished wrapped up just after 9 a.m the next morning um i went straight to the pool and then i went for coffee with a friend and then i went back to the gym the gym session was a bit spacey and then I got home and, and, but then when I got home, I was in that, like, do you go for a nap now, but then screw up your sleep that night or plow through? I think anyway. you could have slept both. There is a point you hit yeah. after being up for 30 you hours did. where yeah. you're like, I don't need you to go to sleep, sleep anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but actually I was really surprised. It was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good race from both the men and the women's side. So I think that made it actually, um, the time passed relatively quickly for a, an Ironman race through the night. Um, like I didn't, I didn't hit any low patches. I didn't hit any like struggle streets of, you know, that the, those um, graveyard hours, so to speak. Um, I will throw the boys under the bus and say they did go through some rough patches, <laughs> but I think we covered it pretty well. We actually, it was actually good. We had three commentators, which I think is a little bit different um, from normally they just have two. So it was um, Matt Lieto and then Fraser Cartmel was here as well. And that actually really helped, I think, with the overnight overnight shift and just with, we had some blackouts as well, some um, segments of the bike course, which couldn't, they couldn't get the camera and couldn't get images. So there was 
and we knew about that in advance and we were very honest about that to people um just the nature of the terrain over in Mallorca um but then it helped with the having the three of us um, I think, and- um actually a lot of people don't even realize that like the Iron Man Facebook watch when you're watching it <laughs> The commentate like you guys are in a studio in Boulder, which yes. is why yeah, you're covering yeah. this race in Mallorca, but you're in a studio in Boulder overnight yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah. Which is really funny when I normally live in Spain for most of the year and yet I'm covering a race in Spain, but now doing it from overnight in, in Boulder. Um and the studio is pretty cool. Like you're it's obviously um I'm giving away all the secrets now, I'll probably get sacked or something. I don't know. Um we're actually sat quite spaced out in the studio with with covid and stuff like that restrictions so our desks are sort of the two meters apart but the way they stitch it together on the broadcast it makes it look like we're sitting next to each other um and the team that do it are are fantastic they kept us fueled they kept us hydrated um i actually didn't go through that much caffeine i was quite surprised um i did go through a a fair few peanut m&ms they were definitely the winner but i've got like I've got like dark chocolate espresso beans as my emergency uh, if needed, but didn't, yeah, didn't need them. Just had the M&Ms and um, yeah. And then had, there was two pretty exciting races to, to watch by the end of the, um, with the run, like the, the men's was amazing. It was like Leon Chevre, and I'm going <laughs> to Leon Chevier, French um, guy. It was his first Ironman win. He's like a new pro, but has had an amazing season was third at Ironman UK on like debut and then one Ember man. And then, so it was, it was amazing. He were like literally him and uh, Christian Hugenhaf basically rode with Cam Worth for the whole bike ride. And we were like, Ooh, have they gone, you know, is this going to be fireworks? And no, full credit to them. Um, he had ran away with it. His finish line interview was brilliant. He was very, very wiped out. And he said he couldn't see properly for the last five kilometers and barely made it to the line. So it was like his, his, interview was quite slurred but it was awesome um and then in the women's race like the top four were all within like three minutes yeah it was really other. close i yeah. saw um like lisa norton got out sprinted oh, for third, it was like, like in, oh, the, in yeah. the shoot yeah yeah i mean like ruth astle won but uh justine matthew in, in her second uh, i'm race, she was like closing ruth down and was she going to catch was she not um and then yeah lisa was holding on to third and then you pan the front the first two women finished and then it panned back to showing lisa coming about maybe like 100 200 meters from the finish and then the next minute like just Kristen leopold storms through from behind the camera and you're just like i mean it was you know and and this the finish was like a tight quite a tight 180 degree turn that they had to do onto the carpet and um you could see Lisa was trying to go with her and you kind of like, I felt my heart just broke and sank for Lisa. But obviously then I know Kristen as well. And they're like, you know, you're super chuffed for her, but it was like this whole mix of emotions of like, Oh I, God, it's so close. I, uh, I don't know if I've ever been chuffed. I don't know what chuffed is. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a very English word. Chuffed, chuffed, uh, stoked, uh, happy, elated. Right, right, right. A, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, no, I do think fun. a sprint at the end of an Ironman, either mm. you're somebody who's like, yeah, I got that. Or you're just like, that's like your worst nightmare. It's one I or the other. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Your sprint, I think it's, I think the sprint at the end of the Ironman, yes, I've got that. If you are the one doing the catching, <laughs> I think, and you're in the, you're, you've got the momentum. 
the one the person who's sort of at the front being caught is probably going through a bit of a, a not a great not necessarily having a great day then they're the ones who are just like I do not need to sprint at the end of an Ironman <laughs> I need this I also think a sprint at the end of the Ironman is the funniest thing ever I had I sprinted for like a tenth whatever place one time and I picked it up to a massive 815 exactly <laughs> this is it. it it's all relative isn't it because you feel like you're at I'm like yes I've got this sprint I've, I've upped like three gears I'm like flying right. and then you look at like you're watching like no you no. barely made it past a jog no. of that yeah. sprint <laughs> fine my 815 won it you know <laughs> yeah yeah and then you get you cross the line and it's like just that adrenaline suddenly like just vanishes and like your body is going what the f did you just do to me not just the nine hours but just that last last 30 meters has like thrown me it's <laughs> it's like when you're drinking it's always the last glass of wine isn't it you know it's always that <laughs> that pushes well, you over the edge you know Maybe. that's how that works that's kind of like saying yeah. your stuff is in the last place you left it like well yeah that's <laughs> where yeah, you left true. it yeah yeah <laughs> uh there's another big exciting race though coming up this weekend uh, what is the PTO branding it? The showdown in Sacramento. But Ironman California is now shaping up to be, I don't know, one of the bigger races we've seen in a while, probably, you know, outside of a world championship. Because now we have Jan Ferdino coming, in my opinion, coming to try and break his world record on an official course. Uh, yeah. We have Gustav Eden making his debut. And I think he picked a really smart course to make his debut. I, I think it's going to go well. We have Lionel Sanders deciding to come out of not actually going to an off season, <laughs> coming out of his because he just he just had FOMO. He, he just had he FOMO did. and didn't want to miss out of the party. That is all for Lionel. And then yeah. and then those I mean obviously those three are like headlining it. But then you have Cam Warp, who obviously just did Mallorca. There's a bunch of people who were you know probably aren't going to show because they just did Mallorca. Yeah. But you have Ben Hoffman, you have Matt Russell. Like it's crazy. I don't know. It's gonna yeah. be nuts. Tim Reed. Yeah. Justin Metzler as well. Like, yeah, I mean, everything, well, you know, in Mallorca, the word on the street was that Cam is doing both races, but that was <laughs> before the race, before the Mallorca race. Um, he had a great interview. He was super um respectful, humble to the to the guys in the race. So it was really important and I can't remember I don't think he actually mentioned though anything in the interview about whether he would be in California whether again it was his his backup or whether again he's like this is too good a right. too good a lineup to miss I want to be part of that as well like Lionel everyone's got and... FOMO Sid yeah, exactly. I have FOMO I'm like yeah. I should race it yeah. <laughs> it's also I'd I guess like I'd like to be there I'm gonna yeah. go out I should say I'm gonna go out it's like an hour from my house I, I also was joking I may be I literally like lived on the course. I may be the person like most in the world who has biked and run this course more than like anyone else. Cause I just like, it literally was my out the gym run. Um, so I'm definitely going to go watch it. Uh, I will be tweeting it so people could ask me questions. Uh, but yeah, like you just said, I think a lot of people don't realize this pros often put their name on a list. That's like a week later because if they got a flat or like something yeah. went wrong in their A race, then they have a backup like immediately that they can just turn around for. So there are a number of people on the list that like, it's probably their yeah. backup. They're probably not going to start, um, but you don't really know because you don't really know. And even with or without those people, the start line's still pretty stacked. Yeah. For a, I mean, it's, it is a male only race. We'll put that there. So it's not just, we're not covering the women and saying that the right. women aren't there. It is just the male only race, the women's race, a female is, only race is Florida a bit I later know. on. Um, 
If it was but a yeah. pro, uh, if it was a pro women's race, it was going to be like my retirement goodbye race. I was going to do like uh. a whole. I know, I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> so okay, so in given your knowledge of the course and stuff, and then your knowledge of the athletes racing, you, is there a like? Because I've heard it's pretty flat. The bike, it's like, so do you see the flat? Like, do I don't even breaking up. Do you see any? Do you think it's going to come just down to the run? Is it like how? I mean, do you think it's, it's super super out? fast. Like, it's a downhill swim. Downhill swim. It's a down downhill swim. swim. <laughs> downhill I love swim. Down, I love downhill swims. I need more <laughs> downhill swims in my life. I think that's like over at water. It's <laughs> also like if you know the area at all, they're getting in like a super weird spot where like people don't get into swim. So like I don't know what they're doing there. They're gonna have to like build a ramp or something. Um, but it's a down river swim it's a i mean 100 percent flat bike i think there's a hundred feet of elevation like it's so flat um it's actually for being flat relatively interesting and i don't think you're gonna have as bad drafting as you do sometimes the three loop races because it is only two loops and because there's some like they're breaking it up a little but then there's just like no way that that's gonna break up like with those guys and that biking and that swimming like i don't because if you get camworth if if lionel and cam stick together they will be able to even if they get time put on them in the swim, they'll be able to bike, right? And and Gustav yeah. and Jan should be able to swim together. Like they're gonna swim together, probably. Like I just yeah. I just don't see it breaking up a lot, other than it, like if Jan pulls a goat thing here and just leaves from the start, you know. Which I could imagine he might do. He might just right. go, "I'm off. See you later. Hang on if you can." Or I mean, it'd be interesting if if Jan and Gustav do come out the water together. Like with it being Gustav's first. Right. full distance how does he just play it pretty safe and tactically does he just literally follow and then wait to the run and like kind of but I'm not sure Jan would let him do that either and I like don't Jan's think that's like, like you need to no exactly so that's it yeah yeah so so it'll be interesting it's also like a lot of if you know it's a lot of uh sort of like for rural vineyard farm roads so hoping they let the locals know this is happening <laughs> i will also tell right. you people yeah. are losing their minds about weather sid oh my god triathletes race week they just worry about everything all right what's the what's the forecast what's it meant to be high 50s low 60 chance of showers people Perfect. are freaking out do they not train in this kind of is it is it this an anomaly kind of thing like it's california it's not sunshine all the time <laughs> Oh man, uh, we did a story a week or two ago about panicking during race week, and because uh, yeah. you always panic about something, right? Yeah, yeah. I one time bought three wetsuits the week of a race. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> In case one. Uh, to be fair, like I normally have like yeah a spare race suit and my race suit, and then I'll have like every eventuality of goggles and. Even though you know it's never going to be a non-wetsuit swim, I've still got like my swim skin there just on that off chance that there's like a freak freak heat thing that comes through. Yeah, it's crazy. It's panic. Everyone panics. It's, it's And I thing. also like, I kind of over cater on my food nutrition panic as well. Like, so I'll have everything that I normally have during a race and then I'll have spares and then I'll have spares of spares in case. And then like spares of spares of spares just on the off chance that I lose everything. And like, <laughs> so I've got like po- gels in every pocket and finish with like most of my nutrition because right, I only right. used what I've always only used. Right, right. You're like, oh, it turns out I don't need 20 gels on the run. Who <laughs> As knew? spares of my already few. 
<laughs> the other thing we just finished up here at the magazine is we just sent to the printer our end of the year issue, our best of the year issue. So here's my question for you. I'm, I'm just I'm teasing everyone. I'm not going to tell them. But who would be your athlete of the year? Oh, gosh. Ooh. Am I, as if you want me to actually say, or are we just going to leave the audience? Like, oh, oh, you're like, no, no. I want to know what your guess was. Okay. I'll tell people. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah, tell yeah, people. Okay. I think it would be hard. So female side, I think it would be hard to go past Lucy Charles Barkley in terms of the right. range of stuff she has achieved across the board this last year. But I do have a soft spot for Flora Duffy and I just think, and it's Flora Duffy day to day when we're recording this and she won the Olympics and I just think she's awesome. So I would, I think she's got to be pretty up there for performance of the year at the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, That's on a female side, male side. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, it's like Jan, Jan, when he like comes out of his Girona <laughs> Go up, Castle. Come on. Right. Yeah. He does whatever. He, I just like he like comes out, he's like, I will set a world record, does it, leaves. Like he Good just that. I feel like he's the ageless wonder, right? Like he's gonna Tom Brady us all forever. So. I I think so. I think you just look at what he achieves year after year and the reinventing of not necessarily himself, but he continue he's continually raising the bar as others are like trying to chomp at his feet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Yep, I see you. I'll just step up to this next step. Um so I mean he's always gonna be up there as I mean, let's see what happens at California, but I mean let's just see. what he has achieved in the races and events he's put on this year is pretty impressive. Um Although performance of the year, I would go with <laughs> on a male. Well, it's not male. It's mixed team relay, team mm-hmm. GB. They did do a good job, that's <laughs> true. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. It was a good race. And then obviously Christian Blumenfeld's finish yeah. at the Olympics was I I was kind of going to say Christian. And then I went like, no, I'm going to go team GB in the relay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every time I refer to Jan as the goat, somebody argues with me. Uh, but I got to say, I think it's undisputed. I think he. I think it just is, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, who who are they giving in in reply though? If they're well, because you know you can't really compare different generations and different time. Yeah, but we periods. know that, and that's the whole point of the goat is that you can't compare, but we have an opinion and we can. <laughs> we also have a story later this yeah. week on this like the the I forget if it's ten or sixteen greatest triathletes of all time, so people can you know argue there about we that. Go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> all right, well, I think we'll- isn't that isn't that perfectly that we can compare in various ways athletes to athletes over generations wow. and one of the things that's interesting and now we're getting down the hole but one of the things that's interesting as you compare athletes to athletes is the competition has changed over the years right yeah so it's one thing to say like well somebody won x number of titles but now like maybe the competition's way harder now that's just not possible now so then it's like well yeah. what does that mean it's kind of like saying like kobe versus michael which i don't think that analogy made any sense to you because you don't follow basketball but I but I know those names, okay. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. <laughs> I wouldn't know their relative. I know that I know their names. I know there are two amazing athletes. I know enough for being a sports geek from that, but I wouldn't know from the the detail in terms of their exact achievements as I would with other sports. Yeah. And but part of the so argument there is that the sport and the league have changed, right? Yeah. So that is the issue. Yeah. 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 Um. 
will hopefully can, as we've said in previous episodes, need to continue to change continue. and evolve. evolve. is the word we like over change. Evolve. Evolve. Yes. So, well, we'll be back next week after I'm in California and before the last races of the year to kind of, you know, give our whole preview. What's going to happen? Yeah, it, it's actually suddenly getting to like the last few races it of the is, year. We kind of is. felt like we had a big, a lot of races still left. And now it's like, oh, actually, there's only only maybe a few. It's like Oceanside, Florida, Cal- Florida, Cozumel, Cozumel, Daytona, Daytona, LA, 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 yeah. Tri. Mm-hmm. LA Tri. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the year's yeah. almost over, guys. Time to start thinking about next year. <sighs> all right thanks Sid we'll chat next week (laughs) thanks Kelly already used by the winners of the Giro and 12 Olympic medals this year Muckoff's new ludicrous AF is the world's fastest race loop it's all about the perfect blend of a few simple sustainable ingredients that make for less friction and less power loss and it holds up over ride after ride Head to muckoff.com to order your bottle of liquid lightning now. All right, this week we're talking to Tim Don, four-time ITU world champion, three-time Olympian, former Ironman world record holder, lots of stuff. Uh, and obviously right now I feel like you're best known for being the man in the halo. Is that the thing that you like most hear from people? Definitely from stateside um, and Europe, but I'm still in England. I'm still more an ITU athlete, believe it or not. And that was the bulk of my career. Um, I only my first Ironman was only 2014, but yeah, definitely the man on the halo. That that's a big, big talking point. <laughs> the big talking, obviously, yeah. Over here, you know, the video, um, especially when you ran the Boston Marathon, kind of went viral. Was everywhere. That was today. Uh, that was today. That wasn't was, it? Yeah. Boston, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so obviously I want to talk to you a little bit about that, but most recently you've been coaching Super League. How did you get roped into that? What does coaching Super League entail? Do you prefer coaching or racing? Managing. Oh, I prefer uh, Super League. Definitely prefer managing. I mean, um, yeah, so I did the arena games, um, in February, which is the 200 meter pool swim, um, uh, four kilometer on Zwift and then, uh, uh, one kilometer on a self-propelled treadmill. And he did it three times in different orders. I would not recommend that. That's like an ice pick, <laughs> ice pick to the leg. That one is. Yeah, I lo- I, I've loved managing it, and obviously, um, yeah, um, I, I, my team was the Eagles, and yeah, we did pr- we did okay, we did all right. What does managing actually mean? Because I was sort of like, conf- I was like, are these just figureheads? Do you guys like really make decisions? Definitely a figurehead. No, um, <laughs> okay. so we did a we, we did we did a genuine draft. So I did all my own research. Some of the managers yeah. did not do their research, as you can tell by their their picks. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had to pick the teams ourselves. Um, so that was the first part, and then we kind of we could do whatever we want. I mean, um, hold on, are you all right, mate? Yeah. I'm doing an interview. Okay. <laughs> Have you got yogurt? All right. Off you go, champ. Good lad. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we could manage it however we want. So I kind of modeled it on if I was an athlete racing Super League, what I would want someone to do extra for me. So I would go and preview all the courses um, the mm. day before and I would walk the courses, video anything um, that I thought was important because no one knew London was a new course um munich was a new course and obviously malibu was lots of people have raced in jersey but i had quite a few new athletes on my team um seth max they'd never done a super league before um nor had um 
Vittoria as well. So it was important that they were as comfortable as possible. Then um, practically it was that kind of stuff. Um, you know, London, the first race, about an hour before the start, Alex, he needed, um, he needed oil to get his wetsuit off. So I had to go to the <laughs> pharmacy and get that, you know, just small things like that. Um, talking tactics as well. Um, that, that, that worked a lot for the men. Um, I mean, Seth was a massive ally for Alex. I would oh. even call him a bit of a lieutenant. Um, he really, you know, looked after him on the bike and he was willing to sacrifice some of his own positioning to help Alex out. And, you know, that grew throughout the series. And without a doubt, Alex wouldn't have wouldn't have been in the position he was come Malibu if it wasn't so Seth. So it's kind of like nurturing that. And then when they had bad races, you know, just encouraging them, sending them messages when they had good races, telling them they're awesome, they're amazing. But don't, <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. You, can, you know, it's easy to get there, hard to stay there. It was just, yeah, basic things like that. Huh. Um, yeah. So, so do you think you have a future in man? Is this going to be like your thing then from here? <laughs> Managing the Eagles. Um, <laughs> I, I know that he'll be my my thing. I mean, um, you know, it's the only it's the only uh, I guess French Grand Prix. Um, they have right. uh, teams and managers and whatnot. That and I've been a ma- that's been a massive part of my career as well. I raced for a team called Bouvet, which at the time were the number one team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm hopefully. You know, it's looking good that I'm going to manage the Eagles next year as well. And we've got an, an extended series, I think. I don't think I can say more than that, except there will okay. be more more races in the series. Um, but yeah, no, I really loved it. I love being a part of it. And I think how the Super League want the, the, the team concept to grow, there will have to be more involvement from the manager, kind of more behind the scenes, um, you know, managing some new aspects of the team team competition which we're gonna or that Super League are looking to implement for next year so that concept really took off and I think you know it was funny um in in uh um Jersey which was the second to last race you know having dinner you know all we all stayed in a bubble so all the athletes were in a hotel we have a conference room where where, where they're served you know people are talking about oh well if you do this and you do that and if you get the short shoot then you're going to stop my competition from getting it and and it was really interesting to see the athletes buy into it I'm sure that the, the the bonus of an extra three hundred twenty thousand US dollar prize for right. us, um, but um, yeah, no, it definitely it grew throughout the series. I thought. Okay, so do you think then? Obviously, the whole big question is like, is this going to work? Right? Or is Super League going to grow? Is it going to be popular? Because for us here, I feel like it was sort of hard to follow at first. The team thing like didn't totally make yeah. sense at first. I kind of get it now. I think. I think I, I think I get it, but. It sounds like you guys are going to expand it next year, right? So, so is it going to is it really going to take off? I hope so. I think the Super League are willing to invest in a concept they believe in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it's um, like um, university cross country scoring. You know, it's very similar to that. So you, everyone's going to have a you know in cross country. If you win, you get one point. You get tenth, you get ten, and it's the what is it top four to count you know, the team with the least amount of points wins. It's kind of like the, the similar concept. So, right. you know, the, uh, someone's always going to win and someone's always going to, you know, so you're always going to have an athlete that's going to, but it's those mid-packers. You want those to work together to get kind of further up the field. And obviously with triathlon, you get the bonus points for the swim mm-hmm. and for the bike. So someone like Victoria Lopez, um, she was always top three out the water in every race. So she scored really highly for us. Mm. So it's looking looking beyond just someone winning. Maybe you, you have an ally, someone like a Seth Ryder, who's who's going to, you know, I mean, he, he in his own right got the bike jersey. So he won 20K just there. 
he team he won 15k but he made like nearly 50,000 US dollars in the series that's just mm. phenomenal yet he was a real integral part of the team you know and I think you know it was obvious that the, 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 the team would ride together and run together so I think we're gonna we're gonna use the short shoot slightly differently um, which is mm. that concept of if you if you if you do well in a certain aspect you get a shortcut later later on like a short shoot I don't know if you follow Formula E um at all no so formula e is kind of like uh form it is formula one but all electric the cars look the same and um on on some laps if you take a wider line you get a power boost but so you lose mm-hmm. time by getting it but then maybe you, you gain time because you've got more power and they actually have a fan favorite so with two laps to go or three laps to go people would vote in and say hey jaguar are my fan favorite so they get a free power boost we thought about that where you can get a short shoot from the fans but with time zone difference it would be unfair because say if in a european race everyone in america would probably oh they'd just be getting up but everyone in new zealand and australia you know no one's going to wait for for hayden wild or um (laughs) you know just because they're all in bed at the time so they're thinking of different things they're not trying to compete super league aren't trying to compete with the itu and the olympics or the pto or ironman or challenge or is it clash now red free you know they are they are their own entity and and they're Mm -hmm. working around the itu series hence all the races were at the end of the year this year they didn't clash with any wts or any major prep and I think they're hoping to do the same next year once the ITU calendar has officially been released. Right. Okay. Interesting. I mean, you also obviously, uh, or not obviously, I guess some people probably know this, but you also went to the Paralympics as like a backup guide, right? So how do you get, like, it seems like you get roped into all these different things. How does this end up happening? Do people just call you <laughs> up? <laughs> but, yeah, basically. <laughs> no. Um, look, I've, I've been around the sport for so long. I mean, right. 90, 1995 was my first ever world championships as a junior in Cancun, Mexico, actually. Didn't go very well. I was 69, <laughs> believe it or not. But I, I love, you know, so I've got lots of experience and, um, you know, I, I actually raced with Dave Ellis, who's the visually impaired athlete going to the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I've done that. I, I, we actually won the test event in Tokyo in 2019 and we won the British champs together. Um, I just think, I don't know. I, I just, it, it was something that the Federation, I went to a, a guides for gold day. Um, um, I train at Loughborough, which is the high performance center for triathlon or one of one of three. This is where British triathlon head office. It's like the Colorado Springs of the right. United Kingdom. And I live in a village like 5k away or like three miles away from there. So I train there. Um, and yeah, it, I, I think they just need a backup, someone who's dependable, someone who's got a race brain, you know, not just all power. Um, and I think someone that's willing to play with others, you don't, you don't get that in ITU high performance, you know, like the, the Brownlees train here, Alex trains here. I think our women are unique. They all train together. Most or they're all very, very genuine friends, but, um, so it's just someone who can get along and, you know, I wouldn't say give back to the sport at all. Cause it's not that if I can facilitate and help Dave in any way, um, then I will. So, yeah, I mean, I've been a part of, I train, I swim with Dave and the, the Olympic Paris squad um, four times a week. And I, I'm often on the tandem with him just when Luke, his number one guide, can't do it because he's got his own races and so forth. Um, so, yeah, it was brilliant. I, well, I, was in, I was in Japan for 18 days. The first, I think, 12 days were amazing because we were in a 
training camp, Miyazaki. Then when we moved to Tokyo, I couldn't leave my hotel room. That's what, I, yeah, that's what Sid told us. <laughs> and I didn't have any, I didn't have accreditation, the same as Sid. So we got to do one bike recce outside on the course for 45 minutes. And then, but apart from that, it was turbo trainer and the treadmill was outside. And as you know, the Olympics, Paralympics, it was very, very hot. I think um, Sid lost her body weight in a two-hour run through sweat because it was an outdoor treadmill with no particular wind. Um, but yeah, it was great to be a part of it. And you know, having been to three Olympic Games and multiple hundred, uh, loads of world titles and been under all sorts of pressure and that, you know, I was able to maybe give an insight that a younger a younger guy potentially couldn't, you know, couldn't give them and and whatnot. So I think they really used and utilized that. Um, hmm. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was an amazing opportunity and great fun to be a part of the team. Even though you're doing all these different things, though, you're not actually done with your own racing yet, right? Like, I mean, you were just telling me you're getting back into training. So I think some people might think you're retired. You're not retired, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I did. Uh, I did Bolton Ironman. I came off the bike in second. Um, I rode quicker than Joe Skipper. You know, I, I was in awesome shape. And it was it was horrible weather. Peened. It was a really tough technical hilly up and I think it had nearly over two and a half thousand meters of vertical climbing, but the longest climb is like a kilometer. So it's either up, down, up, down, twisty English lanes. Anyway, I came out of training really hard bike, like a nearly a five hour bike for the pros, which is unheard of in this day and age of super fast, quick courses. And um as you ran out of transition, it was a field and the field then went to the road and there was gravel with a and there was some potholes and I thought I fell over. I fell over. <laughs> and um, yeah, I hit the ground pretty hard, hit my head and my wrist and everything. Anyway, I got back up and um, I really, I, I don't know what I did, but I twisted my hip. And after about 8K, I had to stop running because I couldn't huh. put any weight on my hip. And basically I jarred my hips and caused this really painful sciatica. So that took a while to get over. So that was my last big race. I did a 70.3 this year and a few other races locally. And then I was planning to go to Montenegro to do one of the extreme triathlons, the X tries. Oh, okay. Um, and um, that got put on our red list. So it meant a hotel quarantine coming home and of which A, you have to pay for and B, yeah, my wife wouldn't have been happy. So unfortunately, I had to pull out of that race. And by that time, it was after Tokyo with my hip still wasn't right. Um, I was going to chase a race in October, towards the end of October and the 25th, I think. But I, I, I was just racing for the sake of it. So I said, you know what, let's kind of call it quits now, take a break. And then um, normally I don't take my break till till November. And then I'm mm-hmm. looking to do um, my A race next year. If it's going to have a pro race, touch wood, and it's on, is going to be Ironman South Africa on the 6th of April. Okay, um, okay. And then I'll have a, a a flurry of seventy point three races with hopefully an Ironman later in the year. If you, uh, I mean, you were telling me that you're you know start. I mean, you took your break. You're kind of getting back to things. Even Tim Don, but done doing this forever. You're it's like hard to get back into shit. You feel like you're out of shape. Oh no, <laughs> I, there's no. I am a hundred percent out of shape. Let me tell you that. Oh my, and it, and then it's the mental side of it as well. You okay. know, I mean, it's a struggle to get out the door. I mean, we're luck, we're having nice-ish weather at the moment, but it's getting. I mean, it's six o'clock now, and yeah, it's it's going to be dark. It's going right. to be dark in twenty minutes before seven o'clock, and it's probably going to be like eight degrees centigrade. Um, yeah, it is hard, um, and no one really wants to train at the moment. You know, lots of the guys I train with aren't professional, so their their season's over, and they're they they take like a a two-month sabbatical of drinking, <laughs> going to the pub and, you know, having curries on a Friday night. 
So it is hard. I am actually going to Sands Beach in Lanzarote on the 1st of November. Um, so I want to be fit enough where I can really train, you know, solid okay. then. But no, it's, of course it's hard. I think swimming, as much as swimming is often the monotonous, the, the hardest to get into, that's the easiest because it's so much structure. And lots of the athletes I'm training with are trained for in the pool, are training for Abu Dhabi, which is the mm. grand, no, it's not the grand final. Is it, I think it's is it, like the start, I think, of the 2022 <laughs> ITU season, but it's in 2021. That's my understanding. I have no, yeah. I have no, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. So those guys, they're, they're super fit. So they're going on a 120 base long course. And, and I'm kind of like going, nope, 125 for me. I'm not, they're not pushing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it is a struggle to get back. I'm, I'm only human. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, um, I've got a, got a, I'm getting a gravel bike soon. So hopefully that's oh, going to, okay. that's going to, you know, what new bike days like, that's going to entice me to, to really that's gonna get, get out, you the out the door. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, biking has got to be rough in the UK in the winter. Cause it's just like dark and rainy and yeah. cold and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> and it's, it's not, don't get me wrong. It's not cold. Like, you know, having lived in Boulder, it's not right. Boulder cold. It's colder, even though it's warmer, because it's that dampness. It's like right. it's like everything's damp, and you you just get cold to the bone. Well, in Boulder, it can be, you know, zero degrees centigrade and blue sky, and you're still putting factor thirty on your nose. And if you've got Gore-Tex on, you're good to go. While here, once your feet get damp, oh, it's that wet kind of like oh horribleness, cold. Oh yeah, no, no. you need those like really thick neoprene booties yeah. for your shoes. Yeah, exactly. So you've been doing this for, I think you said like oh, 25 years or something, right? How do you yeah. stay, like, how do you stay motivated? How does it, like, you have another winter of riding. How do you get yourself, like, excited? Well, don't think about it, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, I would say up until, so obviously I was at school at first, but from 1997, the winter of 97, till I moved to Boulder, every year I'd go south for the winter. So I had a house in mm. South Africa. So I'd always go to South Africa. When I was younger, Zimbabwe, then South Africa. I did a couple of winters on the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast. And then moving to Boulder, I'd often go to Hawaii for a few weeks. And as I say, mm. Boulder winter is not that tough. So, yeah, it's only since I've moved back to England in the last three years where I've really struggled. I spend a lot of time in Lanzarote. I'm fortunate I'm sponsored by Sands Beach, a hotel. Uh, okay. So there's an airport eight, eight miles away from my house that flies direct to um, Lanzarote. Oh. So I can go there. I go normally go there for a two-week block, 10-day to two-week block, come back for 10 days, and then go back again. But it is hard. I mean, there's kind of like two trains of – it was a lot easier when the kids were younger and they weren't in school because literally the whole family would – you know, we could emigrate for six months, four months. You know, we could all go. Now they're, they're well and truly at school. Um, so I, I can't do that. In fact, my, wife, my wife's working now as well, so I definitely can't do that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is hard. And it's, it, it, you know, it's, it is, um, you know, I mean, in some ways, I'm lucky, because I've, I've never had a job. So, you know, I need to keep telling myself that when I don't want to get out of bed, those guys that as I'm getting out of bed, they're just getting off the turbo before they go to work, you know, <laughs> and then in the dark, they're doing their run in the dark or on Zwift on, um, on a treadmill. So yeah, um, what motivates me when I was younger is winning. I just wanted to win. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to win everything, you know. Then I got to the phase where I just wanted, to, I, I really wanted to, 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 to have the big races. And it was, you know, it was the preparation for those. So I knew if I did the work now, it would, you know, the winter miles, summer smiles, you know, it was very much, I have to do this to, to do that. Now it's more of, it's not that I haven't, I have enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, but now it's more like, 
you know what? I get to ride my bike every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 44 in January and I still can call myself a professional athlete and I'm still some, I'm more than somewhat competitive, I think, you know, um, you know, so I'm really, you know, it's that, it's that kind of motivation. Um, you know, it's a different kind of training process. Now I need to do a lot more gym work, a lot more strength and conditioning and mobility to make my body do what it used to do. (laughs) It's not just like espresso out the door, hit a four hour bike ride. I need to loosen my hips off, make sure I've eaten the night before bonking can become a bit more real um huh. and you become a bit more grumpy for, for me anyway i found that so it's different things um and i try not to look too far down the line because you know through my experiences you never know what's around the corner you know after you know after 2017 i did 2018 and 2019 i had a catalog of things that no one really knew about i did two ironmen where i had two one where my it was a it was a prototype bike and something happened to it, so I, I couldn't carry on. And that was a five week, you know, away from my family, and I had through no fault of my own. Then um, I, another Ironman I did in Italy, I was on the second lap, the age group was on the first lap, an age group swerved in front of me. It wasn't a big crash, got back up, went to get on my bike, and the way I'd crashed, my bike had snapped in half. Just, just one of those things. And it's like an Ironman build like that, that was it. There were no more Ironman, you know, within reason, for, unless I was going to fly to Malaysia to do the hottest Ironman right. in the world in uh, Lankawi, which obviously would have been stupid. So I, I, I've, I've learned, you know, I've got this race Ironman South Africa, especially with COVID. It might, it might not happen. We don't know. It might have a pro race. It might not. Um, who knows? Um, but for me, I'm really trying to enjoy, enjoy stroke focus on the process of, at the moment getting out the door and getting fit you know (laughs) and you kind of like uh obviously i mean you said you're still viewed as an itu athlete in the uk obviously you started in short course and you kind of like moved into longer is that just the natural progression as you get older or have you ever seen anyone go the other way or is that like well i mean i mean when i was younger i always wanted to go to the olympics and i was right right. i was training with a no but i was training in a running group and i wanted to go as a runner because triathlon wasn't an olympic sport it didn't oh, exist okay. in the Olympics. 1998 was the, the year that we got told. Um, by then, I was a triathlete, and I knew I wasn't going to the Olympics. So I wanted to do what Greg Welsh had done. He was the only – he was, is – he is the only athlete to be ITU world champion. Oh, no, Maka has now. He was then ITU world champion and Kona champion. And it was like, yeah, I want to win ITU worlds and then go to Kona. And then obviously that all got delayed because the Olympics came along. So I did three Olympic cycles, which is, you know, 12 years of your life. That's a, that's right. a, that's a, that's a lot of um, politics with federations. <laughs> glad I'm not, <laughs> glad I'm not involved in that anymore. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to go long and it's similar to track running. You see, you know, the likes of Mo Farah, Galen Rupp, even um, Elliot Kipchoge, you know, he got silver mm-hmm. on the 5,000 meters. He was junior world champion over 5,000 meters. Um, you know, as you get older, you, you lose that speed or you don't right. lose it. You just can't access it or you can, but it comes at a cost. And the cost is for me, I mean, getting calf injuries, <laughs> you know. So then, yeah, you naturally go long. And I think the new ITU athlete, though, they're so successful. And, and now it's almost it was Olympic distance was a natural progression. But now when they're at their peak, they're still having to do 20 minute races with regards right. to the team relay. And now obviously Super League. So I don't think we're going to see a natural progression of like your Bevan Doherty's, of your Axel Zibrugan, of your 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 um, Dirt Bockles, of obviously um, Jan Fadino's, Javi Gomez's. Um, you're not going to see the Norwegians. They're a bit crazy. But you're like your, your Richard Murray, 
um, your Alex Yee, your Sophie Coldwell, those athletes, maybe they, they won't progress that way. Mm. But then you did ask, does anyone, did I think going the other way? Um, Lucy Charles, you know, true. I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, but she is, she, let's be honest. She just jumps all over the place though. Like, <laughs> how? like it, it's funny though. I'm, I'm so, so glad. Well, I wish Emma Pallant had won in um, St. George cause I coach her, but I'm so glad she won because she's kind of, you know, like she's just come along when there's an even better athlete, Daniela Reef. You know, if you think she got what second three times in Kona, mm-hmm. and if Daniela Reef didn't exist, she would have led Kona start to finish and been Kona champion. But often, maybe that excellence of Daniela right. has, has helped her lift the game. Um, and obviously, this year she's not going to win Kona because because we haven't got one. But I did hear a rumor that she might be doing Abu Dhabi. Um, Oh, interesting. I mean, she does. You like can't. I mean, Lucy's crazy. Uh, yeah. in I mean, a good way. You can't keep track of what she's doing. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, what was it? It was St. George, Malibu, London Marathon, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I think she's doing um, Challenge Daytona, and mm-hmm. if she's doing Abu Dhabi, I think they're two or three weeks apart. Um, and then obviously, because we're part of the Commonwealth, or we are the Commonwealth, next year we, is are, the com- the Commonwealth. we are the Commonwealth. Next year is the Commonwealth Games, which for uh... us is, and that's actually in England. It's in Birmingham. So she'll be wanting to, and if you win a gold medal there or any medal, you know, that's that becomes that makes Olympic Commonwealth world title, 100%. I had heard that was part of why she was doing the whole ITU, whatever yeah. we're calling it, WTS thing, was because of the Commonwealth trying to make a bid for yeah. Commonwealth Games. It's hard to explain Commonwealth Games to Americans. We're yeah. like, why is this a big thing to you guys? I don't understand. I, you, you could compare it to Pan Ams, but then yeah. I think it's even a little bit bigger because it's bigger. multiple sports all in the same venue, city, all at the same time. Um but um, in some ways, I feel like you were more successful at long course. Do you feel like that's true or or do you kind of um, view them as equal? Well, I mean, I was I would say equal. I mean, I was mm-hmm. junior world champion, senior world champion, duathlon world champion, aquathon world champion. I won Des Moines, the 200,000 first prize race. Um, I think I was I run like three WTSs in a year. Well, 70.3, I think I could compare. I won. I think I podiumed in like 70% of all races right. of which I won like 80% of that 70%. And I got two bronze medals at world 70.3s. Ironman. Um, yeah. I've never really performed at Kona to what I believe the ability I was. Um, so I'd say they're pretty even. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think? Mm, I mean, I guess you're also like the Ironman or word the Ironman world record holder. Yeah, so who's the world record holder now? Sorry, so who's the world record holder now? I mean, Jan. Jan is at like everything. Well, but I would have really gone, think... gone quicker on that course, but they, no one invited me. You can't call it, <laughs> uh, you know, surely it's got to be a course that anyone, he's the world's best, but uh, come on. <laughs> so that's going to be my question. Do you think his like world record with the, the two-man course really counts? It definitely counts, but, uh, you know, I think it's... Um, yeah, it's apples and oranges. You know, right. Ironman's like cross-country running, like marathon right. running. You know, what he did was like Elliot Kipchoge's, you know, Ineos, was it? Breaking Sub-nut, two. Breaking things, two yeah. first. And, and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, Yang could have gone even quicker if the weather had been slightly better. I think you can, you know, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, but you, yeah, definitely in a competitive race, um, it, yeah, you can't compare like my Brazil time to, to his time. I, I, I don't think... You know, yeah. they're ETH, in their in their moment they ETH merit, you know, the times and the accolades, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, yeah. Um, Willie well, Gray seven. I'm pretty but, sure he's doing California though, so that he can break yes. it on a real course. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, 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 and it's in um, uh, where weeks. is it? Sacramento. Sacramento. And if it's anything like the Sacramento Marathon, which is downhill, mm-hmm. I'm sure um, <laughs> everyone knows that's the easiest place to qualify for Boston. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. No. Oh, without a doubt, he's capable of doing it. Um, but then he's going to have is Camworth on the start list. But then Camworth. Uh, uh, Gustav Eden is. Yeah, and Cam works on the start list of Mallorca mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that one. Who knows what he's doing? Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good race. Um, oh, yeah, he's definitely capable. I think on the right, right course and the right weather conditions, that time is more than more than capable of being beat. Um, do I think Alistair and Gustav are going to go sub seven? No way. Not a chance. <laughs> do I think Lucy is going to go sub eight? A hundred percent. Absolutely. True. It's just, uh, yeah, but that's uh, that's another two hours okay. conversation. That's another two hours. I feel like you you clearly follow like all the different things in the sport, right? So, what oh, is bloody, like the most it. interesting thing to you happening right now in triathlon? Then, um, I think uh, I, I mean I'm coming off the back of the Super League and being you know mm-hmm. heavily immersed in that, and we, we're just going through a debrief with the team, not 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 the athletes, but the Super League team of what we did, how we can do it better. So, yeah, I'm really in that. Um, Okay. Yeah. So, but but then you know, there's so many late season races, and I think this Kona in St George. You know, having won St George, I you know the seventy point three there when it was the North American champs and podium there. I know the you know I know what it's about, and is that going to work with the pros? So, kind of, if I haven't qualified for October, I do St George. I get fourth or no, say six at St George. I then need to do another Ironman to qualify for Kona is that fair how's that gonna work I right you know and then you've got like the break in sub seven sub eight is only three weeks later are they going to change the gate that might not work is Yang I don't think Yang's going to go to St George I don't oh really why I mean he hasn't mentioned it he's talked about Kona a lot this week as in Hmm. October but not St George um also you're only world champion for a couple of months and you know is it is it going to be the yeah so yeah I'm into all of that as well and the okay. whole line, the Lionel thing, you know, changing coaches, not focusing, preparing properly for races. He's crazy, man. He's so freaking talented. I just physiologically, I just wish he could get his head together and not jump around here, there, and everywhere. Um, but hey, yeah, good well. luck, good luck to the fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no, the whole Kona St. George thing is going to be interesting. You're, you brought up like I, there are some things that I hadn't quite thought about that they might have to do another qualification race for October. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah, and then yeah. the top top um, men and women um, are going to do Collins Cup again, and then there's talk mm. of a, another Collins Cup, or you know, like a. Right. So there could be a lot of lot of races going on. Um, you know, the the Northern Hemisphere athletes, especially the Europeans, they're not used to being in tip top shape in May. So that's going to be interesting where they're going to train consistently. You can only spend so much time in Lanzarote, Mallorca, right. Future Ventura, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Are so, you, yeah. You're not doing St. George in May though, right? I'm not. No, I haven't qualified. I will be there because um, I'm also, in fact, I'll be in California in January. Hopefully I'm a mentor for the Zwift Academy. So oh, okay. yeah, we've got a, a, a secret camp going on in January. Um, um, hopefully at the wind tunnel in specialized and then hopefully it, a little it doesn't sound so secret right now <laughs> <laughs> and then an add-on to um saint george and then um obviously i'll be there with the athletes um right for that. right right okay so. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've obviously had like a lot of, it sounds like you have a lot of things going on. You've had a lot of ups yeah. and downs in your Lots career of plates. too. Lots of plates. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of plates. Um, I mean, the it's biggest up and down that you kind of had to come back from was the getting hit by the car in Kona in 2017. It seems like everyone's getting hit by a car in Kona every yeah. year now these days. It's like, it's too crowded, but you broke your neck. And let me tell, let me make sure I get this. Like, you opted for the halo because it was going to be a faster recovery. Is that right? Ah, you, there you go. So you do still There's have the halo. The halo. <laughs> Look at those screws. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you still have it, but you still have it. There you yeah. Go. Well, I've got it in America. So it cost me like 400 grand or however much American healthcare costs. So damn, was I going to bloody keep it? I'm not giving it back to them. <laughs> so how, um, but like opting for that meant basically that like, it was harder in the short term, but it was like trying to speed up your recovery. Is that like, right? Is that my understanding? Um, yes. And it does speed up the recovery, but the big goal was it gives my neck the best range of motion going forward. Mm. So if I have the fusion, you're fusing the um, C1 and C2 together. So you will have lost a range of motion. And if I just had what's called an Aspen collar, like the soft collar, it's kind of like, it's not quite a plaster cast. So or you, you, you're still able to move it so um the recovery is longer and there's a chance that you might need a fusion anyway because mm. it's you know i'm quite an active person as you can tell <laughs> so it as much as they gave me the three options that was really the only one with huh. the, what i wanted to do with my life you know going forward and what i mean obviously there's been you know videos about this now you've been in the news about this but what was the recovery like coming back with that on like how hard is it to do day-to-day -day things? Ah, oh, impossible. I mean, the first, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't like shower or have a, because the halo goes right down to your belly button. So I, mm. I couldn't, you know, three times a day, my wife had to clean all my screws because there was, you know, the open wounds. And it wasn't so much the neck, you know, the neck was just kept dead still. It was these, well, I say four screws, but I actually had to have a fifth hole drilled into my head because I had to get them tightened all the time because I was obviously doing too much because I'm stupid. And it got to the point where they couldn't tighten this one. So I had CAT scans and x-rays every three weeks just to make sure the bone was healing, you know, correctly. But then the um, just before Christmas, they had to CAT scan the halo because they were worried that this one was, um, if they tightened it anymore, it's going to go all the way through the skull into the brain. And they God. said, yeah, we can't tighten it. And I'm like, you beauty, does that mean it's coming off early? And they said, no, we're going to drill another hole just here because you've got to keep the halo on so that was a nice christmas present but no i mean it's i mean i slept in a chair like this because i couldn't lay down because if you if you moved the, the the brace here it would move the angle of the screws um you know i mean yes yeah, it's, it's like someone getting an allen key and drilling four screws into your skull you know it's it's, it's as barbaric and as painful as as that sounds um I was on yeah very strong codeine based medication for at least five six weeks before I could wean myself off it. Um, you know there were yeah I mean I I couldn't I couldn't get milk in the fridge because I, I couldn't reach the milk at the back because I've got this big thing. I couldn't put socks on. My wife had to put my socks on for three months because I couldn't physically bend bend down and move my body. Um, my t-shirts I had to cut here to put over um, because I couldn't do a shirt up. You know you can't get this. Oh. You know this thing comes out kind of like you know, really wide around your head. Um, yeah, you 
getting in a car you kind of had to had to go in backwards it was okay in america because the cars are so big and kind of sit there and just pray there's no speed humps um I, I couldn't leave the house unless i walked and someone had to come with me um just in case i fell over because then i'm really fucked <laughs> oh okay. I'm, I'm really in trouble um and i had to rely so much on people you know like right. picking me up taking me for coffee one of my good friends simon he'd take me for walks um along the along the boulder creek just the two of us <laughs> you know just to get my sanity <laughs> so yeah it that's was, crazy it was yeah did you ever obviously your whole goal was to like come back and you ran the boston marathon six months to come back to kona the next year did you ever think like that's not going to happen it's every day happen. every okay. day i thought that you know i, I mean yeah i'm not superman <laughs> you know yeah i mean that's the doubts were there the, um but that is what that 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 as small as it was and as far away as it was that light at the end of the tunnel you know that that's that that's what i had to focus on and you know as i say it started off by you know just surviving the day i couldn't even read because i had these severe headaches i couldn't focus i couldn't concentrate i was probably a terrible dad because i was really short-tempered and ratty you know with, with my young children you know my wife had to do everything for me it must have been really stressful for her well it was stressful right. for her you know my my sister flew in to help out my physio flew in a few times from england my parents my wife's parents um yeah the network of support was just um blew me away um i'd never heard of a what's it called um that uh that meal where someone just leaves food at your front door mm -hmm. like uh we don't do that in england <laughs> we, we 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 keep ourselves to ourselves and have a stiff upper lip so it was really hard for me but yeah i was blown away by the support but yeah i, I really struggled and yeah the, the, the my my friends and family really got me through that and then you ended up running boston six months after the accident is that right yeah six months yeah perfect conditions you, as you well weren't, you weren't able to run with the thing right you no, had to like no, wait no. No. I, okay. could, I could i could walk and do some gym work and then um i could ride on the trainer eventually um um with the halo and then the, when the halo came off i you know it was almost worse because it's like a bowling ball because i've got a big head being supported by spaghetti because all these muscles not only you know i'd lost so much muscle mass hmm. here so not only had i lost it but everything had stiffened up because the whole, you know, mid thoracic up just had not moved. So all those joints I needed to get mobility in. You know, I couldn't turn my head, you know, more than this. So the physio was getting me in a headlock and kind of literally just getting that rain. In fact, one physio I passed out because they were they were pushing so so hard and they like hmm. they absolutely shit themselves. And I said, Don't worry, come on, let's carry on. And they're like, No, we can't. I said, Look, <laughs> don't worry, I'm okay. Let's get this. You know, I think it was that 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 kind of like if I wasn't doing something, then I'm kind of going backwards. And I don't like that kind of feeling. Okay. I always like to be doing something, which is to my detriment sometimes. <laughs> okay. That does sound, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It does sound crazy, but clearly you made it back. And then you did Kona a year later too. And so did you feel like yeah, that, I mean, like you were back then or? No, like, no. Yeah. I mean, Kona, I think that was to close the door kind of like I knew mm. I, I mean especially to get to Kona I mean don't forget then it was the old school system where it was all the points right, right so right. I had carried over some points from 2017 because I got third at the world champ 70.3s and obviously I won Brazil which was a major championships but you lose so many of them so I did my first 70.3 in Costa Rica and I won it so I got I think like 500 points so we worked out, I kind of needed a top five in Hamburg, but um, because I pushed my training so much, and by then I was kind of holding my neck naturally like this, I was having oh, a hip issue. 
so because of that down the chain i was having a massive hip injury hip issue so i uh, going into hamburg i finished ninth so it wasn't enough points so then i had to do another ironman two weeks later um of which i had um stomach issues so i uh, second out the water with um sven um jasper svensson who's been smashing it now the um, amazing swedish athlete um, um uh, yeah swedish athlete and um but he crashed on like the third corner and we had like a four minute lead out the water. So I rode like 160 K on my own and then got put caught by a pack of like 15 bloody athletes. And I'm like, this is, you gotta be kidding me. Having done an Ironman two weeks before. Um, so I didn't actually qualify for Kona. I was ranked as top 50 go. I was ranked 51st. So oh. I was like, I, I was like, oh, I'm not going. And then Iron Man phoned me up and said, look, we want you to go. We want to give you a wild card. And I said, are you joking? I said, if you'd have offered me a wild card last year in Kona, I would have taken it. But no way am I taking a wild card now. That is so disrespectful to everyone and all of that. So I hadn't qualified for Kona. And about three days later, I get a, an email from Heather Fiora, who's the yeah. Iron Man pro liaison. And she says, oh, um, we've done the roll down because not everyone's taken their spot. And you're first in line for the roll down. So I had actually qualified in my own right so I said yeah I'll come but by that time I'd done so many races and my body was in so many bit, bits and pieces I was like oh geez but for me it wasn't about winning I think I finished 36 9 8 no 8 45 I think I did so nothing spectacular but it was just like 12 months let's get rid of it and let's you know kind of like yeah like let's try and rebuild me as strong as I I, I could be right. so it was, it was important for me to get there finished cross the finish line and it was so nice it was the first Kona my family had been at so that was super hmm. special for me as well because it's expensive for me to go let alone you know my wife and two kids so oh yeah, yeah it's it, it cost was like a really ton of money oh, yeah. like like 15 20 grand from England for sure no seriously you google holiday in express Kona for tomorrow night and it'll be like 90 dollars you google Kona holiday in express for the Kona week it'll be 300 dollars so yeah. yeah plus the airfares from England oh yeah it's just bonkers yeah so there you go so yeah it wasn't I knew I wasn't gonna win it <laughs> right, right right sure um is that a goal though are you trying to get back to coat and it's not before before you're um, before look, you're 45 I, I'm a realist I I think I could definitely get back there I, and I think if, if I hadn't slipped over in Bolton I, I think I would have got I was running really well I would have got mm-hmm. like a third and that would have been enough to, to to get me to Kona, which would have been bloody St. George. Uh, right. So maybe that's state. Um, if I if I qualify, will I accept the spot? Absolutely. But I know what it takes and the conditions. And I know now living in England, not America, the kind of training and sacrifice I'd have to do. And I could have the race of my life in Kona and maybe be in the shout for a podium. But I could also have the race of my life and be in the shout for eighth or ninth, which you know, when I'm like 55 and I say my, I got eighth or ninth as opposed to maybe going to another Ironman or, and winning it. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, if I qualified, would I take it? Yes. But, you know, I think if you do your maths and look at history, you know, I don't think, I think Dave Scott got on the podium when he was 42. Um, he got on the podium. He like came back. I was just looking at this one, right. Where he like had left, retired came back five years later like 45 something crazy like 40 something oh, don't say and, 45 because he'll flipping <laughs> let me know that i should that i'm rubbish he's very good at that day training with it well swimming with his swim squad in boulder 
legend of a man, a most a real gentleman. But my God, he loves knocking you down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a bug. And you can't argue with him because he's won Kona a hundred times and every other right. race under the sun. So, no, he's a he's a nice guy. <laughs> so then, what are your uh, last question here? What are your goals? And I know you said you don't like to think too far ahead because you never know, obviously, what could happen. But yeah. what are the goals left for Tim Don? I want to. I want to. Um, I want to do justice to an Ironman. I want to cross the line in an Ironman, knowing that I left everything out there, touch wood, no mechanical, no body issues. I had a good preparation and I was able to execute. Um, I want to go fast over some 70.3s, you know, maybe not do as many as some of the younger guys. You know, you can see someone like Rudy Von Berg, it's all catching up with him this year, you know, by being indestructible over the last two years. So maybe pick a pick a nice course. Um, and do some experience races like I did Patagon Man in um, mm. Chile. That was phenomenal. Obviously, manage the Eagles again. Um, mentor, <laughs> there's, oh God, there's so much I want to do that. Yeah, I need to live a hundred uh, lifetime. Uh, I get, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're not expecting you to retire anytime soon. And then obviously, well, you're would gonna... you retire? Man, I mean, why, what am I going to do when I retire? <laughs> go, to the, go to the pub every day. God. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're still, I mean, even if you'd still like manage the Eagles, do oh, random yeah. races, still mentor people like yeah i coach as well you know i I coach a few people so yeah maybe some yeah coach more athletes um i really love the process um yeah so yeah who knows we'll see what happens hey you know (laughs) that rich tapestry of life (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for chatting with us and uh and good luck with everything hopefully you know south africa is a pro race and doesn't get canceled and you can do it (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, it's a beautiful country. So yeah, you know, thank you very much. And yeah, thanks for chatting to me. Thanks to Tim and Laura for chatting. Thanks to all of you. Keep listening and keep training.